welcome to another episode of the Mailbox Rogues Gallery. I'm Sean. I'm Birch. And what are we talking about today? Who are we talking about today? Well, what might be uh, appropriate, because of course, in the Terminator films, our chosen subject isn't so much a he, but uh, a what. He's a robot from the future. I feel like you're giving it away a little bit there, as to who we're talking about, as to (laughs) what we're talking about. See if you can guess who I'm talking about. He, uh, (laughs) governor for California. The governator. Governator, movie star, Austrian, bodybuilder, investor. Investor? Mm. Apparently. We'll find out later in the podcast, I'm sure. Looking forward to that little nugget of information. Author. Tantalising. Philanthropist. Author? Yeah. That actually is quite tantalising. None other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, you had me fooled. I thought it was going to be Peter Salis, voice of <laughs> Wallace from Wallace and Gromit and uh, star of Last of the Summer Wine. Yeah, well, he did. He was quite a big bodybuilder and also famously the governor of California yeah, for, a, for a short spate. Uh, most of his policies were cheese based. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Real clamp down on the old men going down hills in bathtubs on wheels as well. <laughs> It happened to him all the time. No wonder he put up all those roadblocks. I, I mean, I shouldn't apologise because tangents are almost a part of this show. But that show, Last of the Summer Wine, that that seemed to all, all that ever happened. They'd get into some sort of scrape. One of them would end up going down a hill on a bike or a bathtub. Yeah, that's why he insisted on all those cushions and mattresses being placed at the bottom of hills in California. Yeah, I wonder if they did their own stunts on that show. <laughs> Right, I would say we'd, we can't go on about Last of the Summer Wine. We need to actually talk about who we're going to talk about, which is yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you said. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, so, I guess we could start. Are you a fan of uh, the Schwarzenegger? Um, I don't... Is anybody really a fan? He's just sort of like a placeholder for the films that happen around him, isn't he? He's not a hugely charismatic person. I don't know. You, I couldn't imagine anyone else really playing the, the Terminator. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and Predator. There was also, when he was governor of California, there was that advert that came out um, trying to get people, like a tourist board advert, and uh, at the end he went, when can you start? (laughs) That was good, I like that. So when can you start? Nobody else would have done that. Not the same way. Going back to uh, Terminator, um, I I say that uh, I couldn't imagine anyone else uh, filling that role. James Cameron... Uh, initially when he was uh, kind of looking for someone to play that role. Initially, they were going to, well, or considering going for O.J. Simpson. Really? Yeah, that is true. Wow. And James Cameron ended up making like a a funny quote. It's just like, oh, I just couldn't uh, believably see him as being a killer. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, you know, he was uh, cleared by the jury, Birch. Don't forget that. Don't slander an innocent man. (laughs) Has, has since been convicted of committing other crimes. <laughs> yeah, which we shan't mention. No, he's a bloody rogue. We'll do him at some point. Yeah, I was just thinking that then. Yeah, okay. Watch this space. Yeah, yeah. But we're doing uh, Arnold. Arnie. Yes. Arnie the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You love me. Arnie, teach you one, two, three. <laughs> great i could just picture that like um when he was a bodybuilder i'm not alleging that he was on steroids but if he was maybe that could have turned him a little bit purple so you've got this like (laughs) giant purple bodybuilder going around teaching children how to count and play and steroids also famously gives you a big tail as well yeah that's true extended coccyx 
Yeah, that's a side effect. I feel like, uh, you know, it's like, I feel like we've just felt the flap of the, the wings of the butterfly, you know, the butterfly effect. The eventually that could have eventuality that could have happened if Arnie had started taking steroids. Yeah, I think it made a good kind of children's dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> a little glimpse there into an alternate history. Mm, what could have been? Yeah. <laughs> So Arnie was born, um, he was born. That's something in itself. Imagine pushing someone that size out. Yeah, you don't see that quite often these days, people being born. Kind of like an old-fashioned thing. Um, you think? Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I know I'm not the first one to say it, and I know it's not something you, you like to hear, but I feel like you might have lost touch a little bit with the rest of society. Really? Yeah, I mean, people get born all the time, mate. Day and night. Are you sure? I've usually got my finger on the pulse with these sort of things. Mm, just do some looking into it. There's this great TV show called One Born Every Minute on Channel 4. You get to watch a lot of birthing. All right. How long a program is it? Um, it lasts approximately a minute, the program. I was going to say, yeah, so it's like one birth you'll see. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll keep an eye out for it. It's good for binge watching. You can get through a whole box set in an hour. That's 60 episodes. That's like four seasons in an hour. Give it a go. Yeah, I will. (laughs) But Arnie, of course, grew up in Austria. Yep, Australia. That's right. Down under. Yeah. That's why he's got that famous accent. Yeah, he's never lost his roots, has he? No, no, he's carried that with him his whole life. And like that uh, kind of kangaroo tattoo he has on his arse as well. Yeah. Yeah, which he just kind of like gets out at every occasion he can. He loves it. Premieres, dinner, get-togethers. Yeah. Dingo's it, my baby. (laughs) (laughs) He's always cracking out one of his Aussie sayings. But, of course, he uh, then went to... Well, I don't think he went to America first, but he kind of, like, found an interest in bodybuilding. And, I mean, like, actually building bodies, like, in a kind of Frankenstein sort of way. Oh, yeah. He uh, kind of was interested in it from quite an early age. And he kind of, like, make his own friends, like, bring them to life. Wow. As a child. As a child. That's quite um, innovative. For a child, mm. uh, the you know the ethical dilemmas that rose up are numerous. Um, maybe that's something we should come back to. But um, just, I, I will say, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And uh, that was his way into kind of like building his own body up, as it were. Because I guess a lot of people assume that when people say bodybuilding, that they mean they're kind of like pumping iron. And yeah. kind of like lifting weights and really kind of like enhancing strength some... training, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But what it really means is that he was kind of adding bits of body to himself, just uh, lopping off a bit of somebody else and just stitching it on, making himself bigger bit by bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's got a long process. It's still very hard work. Hmm. Probably even harder work than than like the weightlifting regime. You know, the the traditional route. I'd probably say it's it's more challenging mentally and physically. Yeah, but he's always been one for a challenge. So. Yeah, I don't want to sound disparaging when we say that he didn't actually lift weights and that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, what he does is a much harder thing. So he became Mr. Universe. Which is a pretty good title, I will say. That is a pretty awesome title. Like, of all the kind of like titles you could go for, that's like very definitive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the be-all and end-all, really, isn't it? I mean... As far as we don't, we've never even come across other universes yet, have we? In our limited understanding of the vastness of space. That's a point, actually. Do you think maybe aliens 
elsewhere in the galaxy maybe got wind of that and just kind of thought, the fuck, we got people twice his size on our planet. Yeah. And they've got eight arms. Yeah. And they're not even arms, they're tentacles. Hmm. Even better. Yeah. I've always said that <laughs> about arms and tentacles. I know which I know which way my bread's but I don't know I'll take a tentacle over an arm any day. <laughs> There's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> um Wait, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Mr. Universe. Mm. Yeah. Um does that make him uh God? I mean, because he's the original Mr. Universe, isn't he? The big G-O-D. I guess he is God. Or a God. Maybe. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to uh, seek some spiritual enlightenment from uh, a rabbi. Hmm. Let's go way back to the Old Testament in the original Hebrew and just see if we can clarify some of these points. I'll get back to you on this one. Whether Arnold Schwarzenegger, in when he was Mr. Universe, was God. Yeah, I think I know what the answer is going to be, though. Yeah, I've got a sneaking suspicion <laughs> I do too, actually. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get back to you on that one. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, as far as, like, uh, career trajectories go, you'd think you'd be at your peak at Mr. Universe, wouldn't you? But actually, he only went upwards. <laughs> yeah. He just kept going up, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely an achiever. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, to say the least, he's an achiever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't quite know what the leap that I... Trying to think if there were any athletes, I guess like maybe with the exception of Bruce Lee around that time, I can't think of anyone who was kind of like maybe in the world of sport that then made a leap to to cinema. Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones used to be a footballer. Yeah. So there's there's one. There's a comparison. Yeah, but that he made what was it, Mean Machine? He did that film like in the early two thousands. Yeah, and Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh yeah. Yeah, but that was and still he's in the... that episode of Extras. I, yeah, but Lockstock was the nice line career. I'm trying to trace it back to the very first instance of it. Right, yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan. So we'll say he's a trailblazer, Arnie. Have you seen his first film? No, what is it? Oh, is it Conan the Barbarian? No, that wasn't his first film. Oh, what is his first film? I think that was maybe like his second or third, something like that. Mm. His first film is absolutely hilarious. It's called Hercules in New York. I've heard of this, yeah. I... Wish I still had the DVD of it. I ended up giving it away. What? Yeah. What a treasure. No, I know. I should get another copy of it, to be honest. But I remember like laughing about it a lot like with friends at school. Yeah. It's just like, basically, he plays the titular Hercules. He wants to go down to Earth, I think, and like hang out with people. And his dad, Zeus, is just like, no, you don't want to do that. Stay up here with us. But he ends up disobeying his father's orders, I think. And he ends Cheeky. up going to New York... And I bet he meets a whole colourful cast of characters. Oh, he really does. He uh, fights a bear in the park. What? Is... In Central Park? <laughs> yeah. It's a bear. And it is... I mean, I guess there weren't any bear actors back then because it was very clearly a man in a bear suit. <laughs> Before animatronics. Were it, for. it was great because, like, it was his first film. And, like, you can tell that... It was his first film and he hadn't been in the country a long time because his English was very, very broken. Yeah, I mean, did his English ever get that good? Well, you watch that film and then you see where he is now and I think you'll see that he went to leaps and bounds. But he was uh, 22 and in the film he didn't go by the name Arnold Schwarzenegger in the film. Oh, what was he called? He was credited as Arnold Strong. Oh, that's a great name. Yeah, it's kind of like to give you an idea, I guess, of what he is. Yeah, it sums him up very well. What is Arnold? Arnold Strong. Yeah, Arnold is. Arnold Strong. 
I like it. But he's abandoned that, that surname. Mm. Uh, I might just have that. I might just be Sean Strong. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not using it anymore. I think it's it could be like, um, again, going back to nominative determinism. Like, if I give myself that name, I might grow into it. Mm. I might sort of end up falling into bodybuilding in either sense. An aspirational name for me, maybe. I would very much like to watch this film. And then that was it for his film career, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't make anything else after that. Yeah, that was very No, much... you meant to say, oh, no, Sean, but you were wrong. And then you can educate me further. You know, it's a setup. Oh, right. Okay. No, you're wrong, Sean. Uh, he made uh, a few other films as well. Oh, do tell me more. Jingle all the way. <laughs> My favourite film of his is... I, I love the, the duology he did with Danny DeVito, Twins and Junior. What a partnership. I would agree. Yeah, Twins... In particular, is a is a corker of a film. That is a work of genius. I mean, they're twins, but they look so different. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's the whole premise. Such a winning premise. <laughs> it still makes me laugh to this day. Do you think they made that film with those two in mind, or they kind of like wrote the film and like really authored oh, it, it's... and then thought we need two people who are so different from one another? Imagine if it was like an accident. Like originally, they the. Like that premise didn't exist. It was just a film about two twins, and then like they put out um, two drafts of the casting call. Like they they kind of did one, and then it got sent out before it was ready. So they sent the second one out. So the first one said like hulking bodybuilder with not great English, and then the second casting call said a diminutive funny man <laughs> Italian American. And then like they didn't realize that both had gone out. And then they get to the audition, and then who's there? But Arnie's responded to one and Danny DeVito's responded to the other. And they're like, you know what? This could work. This could be a formula. Now that you mention it, I think the fact that they're both very different from each other is just kind of like a funny little added bit. It doesn't serve the plot, does it, really? Incidental. No. I'd like to think that's what happened. Yeah. And then the other one is Junior that they did together. Junior. Junior. Uh, That's the one in which um, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Mm, um, naturally, yeah. So they're testing uh, a scientific formula, the uh, fertility formula. Um, Arnie, in a lab coat, he's a he's a scientist. He uh, bravely decides to experiment on himself. Um, the fertility formula is called Expectrone. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, my favourite detail from that film. Yeah. It's um, the minutia that really makes a film, isn't it? Well, you say that, but they skip over one glaring detail. So he gets pregnant. There's a film based around it. Um, Danny DeVito's running around after him. Somehow he falls in love. Not DeVito, Schwarzenegger. Maybe there's with a lab assistant. I can't remember. Mm. And then near the end of the film, he gives birth, right? And they've got him on a gurney and they're rushing him into the hospital. And then, like... He's like screaming and holding the hand of this woman who's his new love interest and Danny DeVito. And then it just cuts to him holding a baby. And I'm left with so many questions. (laughs) I'm left with so many questions. The single most interesting point of the film, the thing everyone's paid their ticket to see. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I think after that, everybody in the audience at Cannes just walked out. They just just (laughs) stepped Cannes. Not Cannes. Cannes. No, I was just laughing at the idea of it being there. But playing there, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. It's the right kind of crowd. Yeah, I mean, well, it's very much speculative fiction, Junior. So we can certainly speculate on that. Now, 
we are we going to get into the finer points for this? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I mean, I guess like uh, having a cesarean would make sense, but do you think that's what happened? Like with his pregnancy? Now, the the two options that I have in my crude mind are well, I've got three options, so. Okay, well, I guess I've got three. So kind of like uh, making an incision in the stomach and pulling the baby out that way. Um, two, um, he shat the baby out of his ass. Yeah. Um, three. <laughs> well, the third one, which is the one I'm most <laughs> anticipating. Third one being that a baby was shot out of his knob. And he ended up coming out of it like uh, kind of a, a cat going through like a, a jumper sleeve, yeah. <laughs> stretching the arm. That's such a good metaphor. That that perfectly describes the image in my head. And leaving his knob afterwards like a kind of a flaccid long tube. Wow, like an elephant's nose. Yeah, well, yeah, just like, like if there weren't trunk. any bones or cartilage in the trunk. <laughs> So this is exactly what I was, you know, that's really stuck in my craw to this day. I watched that film about eight years ago. I still mm. can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So, I mean, what was he like? What was the character like afterwards? Was he like walking all right? <laughs> I think he was, I think they just showed him, um, no, I don't think he ever walked again. Oh, the knob one then, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Do you use your knob to walk on? Like, is that an integral part? Does it give you a bit of balance when you walk, maybe? No, but you'd certainly... It's kind of like the muscles are all around that sort of area. Yeah, I'm sure making a, a step forward would fucking hurt. Yeah, that's true. And then after the, the kind of, like, birth, he just kind of, like, rolls his knob up like a fruit wind-up. Oh, yeah. Oh, that gave me, like, a weird sensation in my brain. <laughs> uh, the, the joy of remembering a fruit wind-up, but then also the, <laughs> the horror of picturing it as being Arnold Schwarzenegger's trunk-like penis. <laughs> Yeah, that gave me a strange sensation. <laughs> I mean, for me, that capped it with his film career. Junior and Twins. They were going to do a sequel. They had a sequel all lined up called Triplets, and mm. uh, Eddie Murphy was going to be the third brother. Have we mentioned that in a previous episode? Yeah, I feel like maybe we have. <laughs> Treading old ground. Uh, it's not like us to repeat ourselves, is uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <it's> a... <laughs> uh... I mean, I invested a lot of money in it and uh i'm still waiting for to i'm still trying to claw it back because they haven't produced this bloody film and i'm out of pocket well maybe we could make a kind of uh or kind of pitch a third film for arnie and uh, devito to do together okay oh, i like the sound of that definitely so it's got to be a stranger i want to go one further to complete this trilogy we've mm. got well, something stranger than the fact that they're twins or that arnie got pregnant Hmm. Well, I think we need something thematically on point. So what twins and junior share is it is about birth. Yeah, about family. That's right. Yeah. So. Oh, well, I don't know if this works or not, but no, Arnie gives birth to Danny DeVito. Right. That's okay. a mix of the two there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. A, yeah. Okay. Ooh. So what is that like the start of the film? Instantly, just like on the screen, bursts with Arnie just there, like <laughs> with like this little bold sixty-five-year-old man, just like, are we sticking with the knob? He's... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're sticking with the knob. 
<laughs> right, okay. So he's he's clawing his way out of Arnie's penis. Um I think if we really want to capture the kind of like trauma of childbirth And we do. And we do, this part of the film could maybe be about forty minutes. You're going a bit saving Private Ryan with this one. Forty minute opening scene. Yeah, I think that's generous. A lot of childbirth can last hours and hours. Sometimes days. Exactly, yeah. So I, I think us giving the, the audience forty minutes of uh, of this childbirth well not really childbirth, what would it be? Pensioner birth, wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, I tell, but we have to rewind because I was thinking Danny DeVito was gonna play a baby. It was gonna be Danny DeVito in, in like a nappy and like a, a little bonnet. And he's waving a rattle and he's saying, like, goo goo gaga. Oh, right. So he's. The character is actually going to be an infant. Well, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm, I'm pitching it to you as much as, as to anybody else. Well, yeah. That's my mean, initial thought. I think he could play a baby. So if we have it. So it... <laughs> <laughs> just the shock. Imagine people going in to see this film. Just an instant, just kind of like appears on the screen. People would be so confused. <laughs> um. Right, okay, so Arnie gives birth to Danny DeVito as a baby, and yeah, he starts kind of like crying. One of the nurses picks it up and like burps him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Puts a nappy on him, and that's like when maybe we've got the title sequence. Arnie's like driving him and the baby home. Maybe there's uh, a few scenes of them at home. Uh, Danny DeVito shits his nappy. And, uh, like, Arnie feeding Danny DeVito. And it's just, like, this could all be, like, the build-up. There's, like, some lovely music in the background. I'm just picturing him bouncing Danny DeVito on his knee. I think that's going to be so beautiful, just <laughs> up be and a, down. That would yeah. be adorable, yeah. I think. But where do we want to go from there? So, really, Junior and Twins are kind of, like, high-concept, kind of, like, science fiction, almost, about what can happen with human biology. Yeah, they are, really. Yeah. So, so what do we want to happen? Um, It depends. I was just gonna get a bit lazy after that i was gonna say the baby gets kidnapped and then arnie has to uh track him down you know and dole out some justice that is pretty lazy though so if you can come up with anything better than that well we can use that because that's like a winning formula that always works maybe we could steal the premise of a couple of films maybe yeah it's done all the time these days yeah well um i don't know if you remember the film jack with uh robin williams where isn't that directed by francis ford coppola it is Director of The Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go on. What's made... this one about again? I don't really remember. Uh, basically, Robin Williams plays a 10-year-old boy. His kind of, like, ageing is, like, four times faster than most people's. Oh, so he's like an opposite Benjamin Button. Yeah, pretty much. Sort of, yeah. So he's kind of, like, has accelerated ageing. Mm. So at uh, 10 years old, he's, like, 40-odd-year-old Robin Williams with the hairy arms. He was a very hairy man, wasn't he? He was a very hairy very man. Very suit. So maybe we could have something like that. Everything looks like it's going really well. It's like bouncing little Danny on his, on his knee and like playing airplanes with the with the spoon of food. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, sweet. But then like something happens towards the end of this like opening montage where he looks and maybe sees that Danny's got a few whiskers on his chin. Just like, that's odd for like a, a baby. It's like only a week old. That, that is odd for a week and, old like, baby. Yeah. Takes takes the baby to to the doctor. And the doctor's like, I'm sorry, he's got... Oh, uh, sorry, who's playing the doctor? Um, I think the doctor should be played by... I don't know, who do you think? I think Kenneth Branagh's got 
the gravitas that we might need for this. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we need someone like in quite a authoritative tone, mm, and yeah. a lot of power to them. We'll use Branner as a placeholder. Yes. Yeah, so, so Branner uh, basically says, "I'm sorry, but little baby Danny, he's got Jack syndrome, like the Francis Ford Coppola film." They actually say that in the film. Yeah, so we need to wear our influences on our sleeve here. Yeah, yeah. it's part of the same universe. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's done. Yeah, twins, Junior and Jack are all part of this kind of like human biology shared universe. Mm. And so he's like, "Yeah, yeah, Danny's got Jack syndrome, where he kind of like ages pretty rapidly." And then maybe to tie in with your idea, people uh, see the idea of accelerated aging as kind of maybe something that they want uh, to implement to kind of like take over the world. If they can think of, if they can, if they can work out why he's aging so fast, maybe they can reverse it and get people to age slower. Hmm. This is the key to eternal life. Exactly. Yeah, so I they... can see a lot of nefarious people wanting to get hold of that information. So they steal baby Danny and then Arnie, because of his like typical action movie tropes, he has to go on this kind of fight to... Uh, to, to kind of get down. He wraps back. his trunk like cock around his leg. <laughs> puts on some. Oh, and you can use it like a kind of Indiana Jones whip to go. From... Oh, it's like set in New York, and he goes from building to building. Yeah. <laughs> he could also swing off rafters with it. Maybe use it. Use it like a lasso. Yeah. Maybe that's how the like when he finally gets Danny back, he kind of lassoes him out of the hand of the bad guy just as the bad guy falls off a building. And rather than dies. using a blanket to wrap him in, he just wraps him Aww. in his cock. Oh, that's such a sweet image. <laughs> so yeah, Hollywood, if you're listening, give us a call. We've said that. A number of times on this show. <laughs> uh, I, I think we're. I don't think we get enough credit for the ideas we throw up. <laughs> no, yeah, the amount of great books, films, stories, and inventions that we we kind of like provide the listeners on this podcast—it's uh, amazing stuff. Listening to an episode of this is like flicking through one of Da Vinci's sketchbooks. Mm. Yeah, at the time, they're just like, what, what's all this madness? And then, like, it's only a few years down the line that we'll be kind of considered visionaries. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, as well as having a very important film career, we shouldn't forget his uh, his contribution to politics as well in America. Yeah, we mentioned it briefly, but I think we should definitely go back to that in a bit more detail. Well, he was, of course, the governor of California. Yeah. He announced his candidacy in 2003. Ended up winning by quite a good margin, I think. I think he was quite popular with the Californians. It's funny, really, because it's always a very left-leading state. I think a lot of people just liked the idea that the Terminator was going to be their governor. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would like a, a film star prime minister. I suppose they already did that in Love Actually with Hugh Grant, didn't they? And I, I didn't like that. So, yeah, forget about that. What other famous people do you think would make good politicians in America? Um, I'm going to, in this scenario, elect Snoop Dogg as governor of Idaho. Idaho? Okay, right. Uh, any uh, particular reason why Idaho? Or No, I'm shaking my head. I'm saying no. Okay, no, yeah, well... I just I'm... think he'd do a good job. I think he just deserves a chance. Yeah, I think he'd be the person to really um, sort Idaho out and, mm. and the kind of plethora of problems that they have down there. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure his first order of, of business would be legalising weed, wouldn't it? Yeah, that sounds about right. 
I mean, maybe he could, he could, we could put him in Colorado where that's already been sorted out, and then maybe we could, if he's a sort of single issue figure, we get that out of the way, put him in Colorado, and then we could, he, we can focus on his real ideals. Mm. I don't know what they are, but I'm curious to find out. But he seems like a nice chap. Lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'd be uh, all for like world peace and. Uh, yeah. Maybe he would be the person to bring peace to the Middle East. Oh, imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. Imagine it... like. In 50 years' time, looking back, like, <laughs> historians looking back and thinking, like, you know, nobody could have guessed that. Nobody could have guessed that. It came so out of left field. Mm. Yeah. Those kind of, like, lists you have of, like, the, the greatest people of whatever century. And, like, people will see, like, the 21st century, like, the greatest icons there, all the inventors, all the kind of, like, great artists. And then they'll see Snoop, who brought peace to the Middle East. I like it. I really like that. I hope that pans out. I really do. I think what we should probably do, because he's got a Twitter, I think we should kind of really push for him to do that. Maybe get some backing behind it. It was like, oh, we think you're the kind of person to, to do this. Maybe if we tweet him every day. Yeah, just to give him that kind of gentle nudge of encouragement. I'm thinking it's a little going to be a little bit like um, how in Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne writes a letter to get books for the library <laughs> yeah. for the prison. And he writes a letter every single day. And eventually after like 10 years, they just cave. If we just keep tweeting at him every day for 10 years, <laughs> and there's two of us as well, oh, yeah. so we could t- take every other day off, you know, hmm. um, and then let the other person do it. In 10 years, we might have this Middle East thing sorted. <laughs> I like to think that he'd have the same reaction to the library. All right, I'll bring peace to the Middle East. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll go on then. <laughs> <laughs> if I must. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what were Arnie's policies as governor of California? I don't know. Let's see if we can find out. It's probably not going to be anything particularly interesting, is it? Maybe not, but we can check. Something about investments, taxation. Right, well, he uh, famously banned carrots through the entire state. Is that right? That is absolutely right. Any particular reason for that? He doesn't like them. It's like, it just it's when somebody asked him, he's like, why have you banned carrots? He's just like, yuck, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> That was his answer. He didn't say anything. Yeah, else. nothing just, more. Just started going. Ach. This interview was over. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, I remember that. He got out a Bowie knife and then just kind of cut the cord on the um, on the microphone. Yeah, just walked off. Uh, the mention of carrots. Yeah, just, I he, guess some little boys just never grow up to like vegetables. Like you look at, he, he doesn't even like people wearing orange clothing. Mm. So I mean, to actually have a carrot in his presence. That's why he hates the Dutch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, um, and there's no protein in a carrot. That might be why, you know, bodybuilder, what are they getting out of a carrot? Yeah, just em- all. empty calories, a carrot. Empty calories, <laughs> exactly. And they'll put in muscle mass with a bloody carrot. Partial to a parsnip, though. Oh, yeah, well, that became the uh, the state vegetable, didn't it? Just overnight. And the state motto, partial to a parsnip. <laughs> yeah. The parsnip state. <laughs> That's what they called it, yeah. Yeah, for, for these Schwarzenegger years. Yeah, the parsnip state. <laughs> they changed it back. It's the Sunshine State again now. Mm. No, wait. Is that Florida? So Florida's the Sunshine State. What's California? Is it still the parsnip state? I, yeah, maybe they didn't change it. Maybe they didn't. They, they grew to like it. Initially, they were just like, oh, really? And then by the end of his term, when somebody else came in, it's just like, oh, we can change it back. Everyone, like, oh, I kind of grown to like it. Yeah, it's... he's like, have you actually tried these... Roast this shit. <laughs> and then everyone's like, yeah, roasted parsnips, the, the tits. Delicious. Yeah, just base a bit of olive oil. Delicious. Hmm. Salt and pepper. Oh, does all the work. So he introduced California to the parsnip. Much like Christopher Columbus 
introducing the potato to Europe. Hmm. Did he? What? Or was it? No, it was Walter Raleigh. He introduced Walter Raleigh to Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Europe. This is Walter. Walter Europe. Uh, nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's exactly what happened. Did he uh, dole out any of his kind of kind of traits in some of his films? Maybe uh, when he was governor, like because uh, that was his, his filmography is very popular. So maybe he thought, oh, maybe I could implement some of this into mm. my own kind of like leading style. Like when he was voted out, he probably went, "I'll be back." Yeah. I mean, it would, have, it would have been a fucking fool not to. And that man's no fool. Absolutely not. I think uh, one thing that really cemented his campaign was uh, when he literally cemented the Predator mask um, onto his opponent's head. Yeah, that was... Because it was a bit dicey. It looked as though he might not get it. He had the popularity from his films and his catchphrases. But the other guy had kind of like his foot in the door already in politics and he was more of a known figure in that world. So he thought, right, well, how can I kind of like ensure that I really win this election? So what he did was he cemented the Predator helmet or mask onto the guy's head. Dreadlocks and all. Yeah, dreadlocks and all. Put the little thing on his arm that loops around. And yeah, on the day of like the last discussion... He was none the wiser. He couldn't feel this thing on his head. So Arnie comes out and he this starts... I didn't notice that he had a predator on his head. No, well, he's a politician. He's busy. He's not got any time to look in yeah. mirrors and stuff. He's got babies to shake and hands to kiss. So he's there. Arnie's like doing this speech. And then he walks in. He's like, sorry, I'm late. The whole place is just kind of like gasping. <gasps> oh, my God. It's predator. Everyone's like running, flying. They're going crazy. Yeah, papers flying all over the air. And then... Arnie is really. They filmed the whole debate live. It was incredible. He just kind of like goes missing all of a sudden. Arnie, he's like, where the, where the hell is he? He stripped off, covered his body in mud. Yeah, classic. Holding the knife, and he's just like, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, of course the uh, the guy with the fucking mask on his head is like, if what bleeds, we can kill it. What are you talking about? He yeah. just couldn't see a fucking thing. He was just kind of like going around. Well, like he's this. only seeing an infrared, if I remember, or like heat sensitive vision. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you can hardly see it. You can't make out who's who at all. He can't see Arnie no. at all. No. And so he's like wandering around on stage while all the commotion's going on. Arnie oh, steps up behind him, stabs him in the back, kills the guy. And that's how he became governor. Yeah. And it was a very risky move. But I mean, nobody's going to vote for a villain. And Predator, at the end of the day, is a villain. Oh, yeah, well, he's a real... He's, like, the villain, if anything. Yeah. Nasty Him piece. and uh, Dick Dastardly, I would say. Ultimate villains. Yeah, I think for any future elections... Like, if anyone's thinking of running in politics for whatever uh, capacity, what you could do is you could glue the little spiky moustache mm. onto your opponent's head, put the kind of red and blue... Red cap, ...cap yeah. on his head. A purple trench coat. Purple trench coat. Buy him a maybe buy him a dog, a little like, sniggering dog. Yeah, yeah, just uh, kind of. Look, I know we're on opposite sides of this uh, kind of political spectrum, but here's a little uh, token of my appreciation. It's a dog. He's already named Mutley. That's that's devious. That is. That is, and he's not going to know anything. He says, "Oh, thank you." Lovely dog. Mm. Keeps laughing. Very chirpy. Goes to a debate. And then just like, oh my god, this guy looks a bit suspicious. Just like looks at like his little dog next to him. Dog just goes. That's it. Election exactly right. over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know who we want. Oh, yeah. No, the uh, the electorate know what they want and they don't want a villain. 
So yeah, there we have it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ar- Arthur Strong, as he's known. <laughs> Count Arthur Strong. Was that it? Arthur Strong? Yeah, that's that's right. I'm remembering back to the start of the episode. I'm pretty sure you told me that. Yeah. Uh, what did we say was? Entrepreneur, actor, oh, dancer. Yeah. Actually, dan- yeah, dancer. You can really cut a rug. But now that you mention it, we, we mentioned at the start of the um, episode promise of finding out what he's an investor of. Oh yeah, what is it? Right, let's uh, let's just quickly find this out. Actually, you know, now I think about it, investment-wise, most of his money was uh, sunk into parsnips and the parsnip industry in California. Yeah, that does make sense. Do you think there's anything a bit suspicious about how how he made it the state vegetable when he had such a vested interest in it? I mean, I, I seem to recall that some of the, uh, the the parsnips were kind of like harvested in the, in the Cayman Islands. Hmm. That's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe his uh, political rival was a carrot man. Right, okay. Yeah, maybe there were kind of like some people who were kind of giving him a nudge. It's like, promote the parsnip. I think we have stumbled onto another major political conspiracy. Another one? Another one. And I think we shouldn't delve into it too far, but I will say that that justifies him being in the mailbox rogues gallery. (laughs) Thank you. Good night. Doodles. Oh, before we forget, you can catch us uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, at Mailbox Rogues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at mailboxrogesgallery at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, that's as far as I remember. You do the rest. That's okay. So, yeah, Twitter, email, and you can also listen to the podcast on YouTube, Podbean, and, of course, iTunes. iTunes. And also be sure to leave a comment, a review, and a star rating on any of those, as it all helps to make the podcast more popular. Yeah, and um, you know we've we've got to take on a political juggernaut now. We've just uncovered something huge. We need all the backing we can get to stop these parsnip ba- barons. Parsnip barons. Oh, another good name for a band. <laughs> We're right. We've got to stop this now before we say too many uh, good names for bands. Okay. Goodbye again. Toodles. <laughs>